Connecting is a new show on NBC. It was produced during the COVID virus, and it'll be the first show, I think, that we'll be doing on today's episode, which was actually made in the last eight months. Yeah. Uh, in fact, it, it was so much so that the actors literally filmed themselves in their own houses. Mm-hmm. I assume they had professional setup cameras, though. Yeah, they were house. actually given production kits from the production company, but they were responsible for the set design, the lighting, among other aspects of the production mm-hmm. uh, for the show. And the backgrounds to their video Zoom calls, because there were jokes about the backgrounds, so that was pre-written. Yeah, in some sense. I mean, like Eli Henry, for example, who plays Rufus, um, he is from Smallfoot and Mean Girls, uh, he actually used his garage, which he thought really worked for his character, because in his own words, uh, he explained Rufus as um, very, very paranoid but conspiracy-minded and smart but too skeptical, so he thought that like the wooden panels that he had in his background really helped his character. Yeah, he's a pretty side character, but that describes him pretty well. He's constantly wearing a mask even when he's indoors. And he's used as comic relief. Basically, everybody's telling him to relax because... Okay, so this show gives you the um, disclaimer at the very beginning. It says, this episode takes place on March 29, 2020. And it feels like it's trying to make an excuse for itself. Like, the reasons the jokes are so bad is because this was so early on in COVID that when we started writing this thing, we didn't realize that they wouldn't apply as much later on. Like, a lot of these jokes were just a bunch of people complaining about having to spend time with their kids, sports not being on, the boredom of just sitting around all day, uh, their parents not following the rules that they do. Mm-hmm. And like it had nothing about later on with like kids being the ones that were somewhat of the issue with their partying and such. Right. Like that that hadn't existed yet. Um, and it basically was just going through these tropes of stuff that we were experiencing during COVID. And that was sort of my issue with the show when I watched it. I didn't find it too funny or entertaining because it just felt like there was no point to it. Yeah. It felt like they were just producing uh, material that wasn't really supposed to be entertainment, but just kind of just a reflection of your own life. Like it was supposed to re- represent everyone. Right, yeah. And- but it didn't end up really feeling like it represented anyone and to th- me. that's kind of been um some of the criticism for the show i guess what i'm gonna uh, say you mentioned that the show took place kind of uh when covid was just hitting uh and it says the show is supposed to take place 10 days after lockdown and uh it's supposed to end around election day um, and as you said, it kind of feels daunting because it doesn't feel like there's a lot of jokes. Um, I Well, no, there are a ton of jokes. They just jokes, right? don't land. Right. And then they try to go really, like, they try. They don't pick a lane. They try to go super serious near the end of the episode no, about by that, yeah. bringing in a doctor. And this doctor is just way too hyperventilating. Like, her job, I get, is super stressful right now. But I don't like seeing the way that she portrayed doctor a doctor in new york like she was going off on her friends complaining that she couldn't choose who to give the ventilator to it felt so fake it almost made me angry i uh (laughs) because that's a real issue no of course but to complain to your friends on a zoom call in the back room that's that's like not malpractice obviously but like it's just so bad for you as a professional it's not professional at all it's very true and we'll we'll get to the reviews in a sec i guess want to um kind of touch upon the stars in the show we have odmara marrero as annie she's from ballers Annie's Um, the main character yeah she's she's got like pink hair pink highlights (laughs) and i guess the main sitcom-y type vibe for her is that she's in love with ben and she wants him to move in with her but she can never get the guts to um 
ask him to move in. And he ends up being asked by his other ex-girlfriend to move in at the same time. And all the other people in the chat room are aware of her Uh, loving him. And it's dumb because he keeps on leaving the chat and coming back in as she's talking about it. Uh And then instead of just stopping her sentence and just pretending she wasn't talking, she just keeps on going into these songs and it was very cringy. Very cringy. Very cringy. Yeah, I can. Yeah. I could kind of tell that it was going to be somewhat cringe comedy from the uh, promos. But you you talked about Ben. That's Preacher Lawson, who is the only name I even recognize from this show um, because he was from America's Got Talent. He was one of the finalists, and oh, then cool. he even uh, went on to the finalist TV show they did, the America's Got Talent, the championships, where he ended in uh, fifth place. Uh, Keith Powell is probably like the big person in the show because his name is Garrett. Uh, he's from 30 Rock and a critically acclaimed show on the web um, website is called Keith Broke His Leg. He's married to Jill Knox, who plays Michelle in the show and in real life. That's cool because they're the two couple and their their whole deal is that they're actually enjoying the quarantine, but they don't want to tell the doctor that right. because obviously terrible stuff's going on. But I guess their jokes were the most funny. This, this felt like I'm not going to go after the actors because I don't think it was their fault. Mm-hmm. I think it was more the writing of this thing, and I th- it felt like a actor exercise. Yeah. Like today we're going to all pretend we're in a Zoom chat, and you're all going to play different characters, and you're going to play it up. That's what it felt like. And one of the other things that uh, was kind of like too on the nose for me was that because it was trying to represent everyone in culture, you literally had the thing where it was like, well, you got one gay character, you have a trans character, you have a woman, you have uh, an African-American. Like, it felt like they were checking boxes. And when you do that, it can come across really bad. And this is one of those shows where it felt like the casting was was purposely trying to do that. and yeah, but not a, yeah. I, I was just yeah. gonna say that Martin Garrow and Brendan Gall are kind of the creators of the show. Martin Garrow is a screenwriter and co-executive producer for Stargate Alias, and was also the creator of Blind Spot. And he's worked with Brendan Gall on a ton of things, including Lovebirds with Kamal Nanjiani and uh, Issa Rae, which came out earlier this year on Netflix. But going to the reviews, um, as a 71% on Rotten Tomatoes, based off of seven reviews, and. Uh, the IMDb score is almost polar opposite. Uh, not a lot of reviews, only 68, but it has a 4.4 on IMDb. Um, it just doesn't feel like it picked a, it like it was it had a meaning, like there was any essential. But that was just the pilot. Pilots can be bad. A show can pick up. It just didn't feel very promising. Right. I don't know where it can go from here. It felt like it was trying to appeal to millennials sometimes because mm-hmm. it would mention things like Lana Del Rey and it would mention podcasts and they'd ob- obviously be in that sort of age group of like um, adults, right. but not like old adult. And they were making fun of their parents and stuff. And, and I think just the overall fact that it's on Zoom is kind of appealing to millennials as well. But go on. But then at the same time, they had like a bunch of Cheers jokes. Like they yeah, were all had watched Cheers and or like the, at least the main two characters mm-hmm. had and that would have been before their time yeah they wouldn't have watched that unless they were watching tv land for some reason and it felt like in that way they were trying to also appeal to the audience that would watch them on nbc at night and so again they didn't pick a lane on that so they didn't really have a focus and i believe that even one of the it might not be this episode but one of the characters doesn't they don't they change their background to the cheers background at one point yeah well not at one point that's her background the entire way through which since that was annie's background if they made her character more I don't know, a TV crazy or something. Like she's constantly watching television and she makes a bunch of television references and it's always like the older type of shows that would fit in. But again, it felt like they were just trying to uh, cherry pick 
random personalities, throw them together. And I think the dramatic doctor was the worst, her, her um, writing for her. But when it came back to Annie at the very end and she says, when is this going to end? Or is it going to end? Like, I felt like that was way more dramatic a moment because it was the most realistic. Because that's really what people were thinking. Right. Still course, now. Yeah. It's just like, when is this all going to feel normal again? Versus trying to dramatize the COVID virus even further than what we know it is. Right. And uh, Gio and Gaul have said that, like, um, they're kind of trying to balance the drama with the comedy, especially in later episodes. It's supposed to Don't. get kind You're of a little a bit more darker. Show. That's that's the thing. It's that the, uh, right now... This isn't Scrubs. Things... You're not going to be able to pull that sort of drama off when you're stuck at a zoom camera right and and right now things are kind of bleak so i don't feel like people kind of need a reminder to like that things are dark right now but um i just want to say the praise has been given this show for sharp writing a funny uh also what people describe as a likable cast um chicago who, who Sun- gave that praise <laughs> uh i was just reading some reviews off of ron tomatoes including chicago sun times which gave it three and a half out of four stars a glowing review the first two episodes of connecting because three episodes were uh, reviewed for critics are terrific but the third is the stuff of emmys is what they wrote but um there have definitely been some cons of the show like not that interesting media post commented does it rise to the level of entertainment the answer from here is no even referring to it as a product of its time and that's kind of my question is that like I don't know if this show is going to be able to, like, really keep on going on, you know, for, like, a season two or something like that, unless they were to maybe focus on different characters or do something along those lines, uh, regardless. It was definitely a test by the the network to try mm-hmm. something different and say, okay, how are we going to do this with a virus outside affecting everybody and make it so that people can have a safe cast right. at the same time? I felt like that group of people, if they were doing something, like if this was a weird let's play for Among Us, (laughs) that would be the type of group I'd expect because it would just be like, okay, all these random friends from yesteryear come together and they have to fight to kind of figure out who's the killer and stuff like that. That's what it sort of felt like. But without the let's play part of it. It wasn't that interesting. Just imagine if you were on YouTube and you were watching one of those things and people were just talking for that long. Yeah. It would be like a really boring podcast. Yeah. And... (laughs) Uh, also, the thing is, is that like I guess feel like the idea for the show isn't that fresh. For example, and this is you can pick from a plethora of things, but Parks and Recreation had their special that they did over YouTube once a uh, COVID hit, um, where they made their episode All Rise, which was another uh, show that aired earlier this year, or it might have been last year. Um, did a Zoom finale, uh, Unfriended, which came out in 2014, granted, um, but was a horror movie that took place completely on someone's computer. I feel like that kind of follows the same ideas. Um, not to mention, you have countless table reads on YouTube and late night show hosts that uh, review celebrities from their houses. And um, it kind of looked like from the promos, I'm not saying it was, but it kind of even looked like a little bit of a YouTube sketch. And I wanted to ask, yes. was this... Or with- an SNL sketch, even. Right, yeah. And was this a uh, like show that had a lot of sketches that were just put together? Or did it have like a thorough story? No, it was, it was just an, uh, it was a one-track-minded show. Like Annie was there the entire time and there was a conversation connecting everything. So there weren't like individual uh, storylines that broke off or anything. Okay. And I don't think you could do much of that. That would have been quite interesting writing-wise as how they would have pulled that off right. had they kind of, like, distanced and, like, gone off into, I don't know, different storylines at the same time. Yeah. 
Uh, one one IMDb review that I did read uh, actually said that this was a lot like another show. Now, granted, ideas are not copyrightable, but Retrograde was a six-part Australian show, um, which was a narrative comedy first screened in July 2020, which follows the lives of a group in the 30s, in their 30s, talking at a virtual bar during the COVID-19 pandemic. Hmm. And I tried to see if this was maybe a remake of that, but there wasn't many articles that uh, were comparing the two at all. So I was like, okay, um... But the writing for the show was inspired because the idea grew from characters um, being there for each other because Martin Garrow and Brandon Gall uh, are part of like a group online friend. So they were taking like story ideas from there and kind of placing it into these episodes. Um, so it just like the stories that they were taking were things that everybody was talking about. Like it didn't feel that creative when you're literally just having a guy um, whose husband is used to taking care of the kids, but he's not. So he's sitting in the closet playing hide and seek and his kids keep finding him and he has like a glass of wine in his hand right. and all he's doing is complaining about how tough his kids are there. This is March 29th. You said that they'd only been in lockdown for a couple weeks at this yeah. point. It's like, wait wait a few <laughs> like months and see how you are then because right now, that, that was just the tip of the iceberg. I'm wondering if the show was picked up by NBC because they were afraid they were running out of stuff and also this was made on a low budget because you know it's taking place over zoom and i wonder if nbc was just like oh we'll pick it up because you know it could be something that we can air i'd i'd feel a little bit more forgiving towards it if it was on a smaller network if it was one of these independent creations because i know how much goes into trying to make something at a time like this but when you're dealing with nbc type money nbc type writing like you can afford to give it an extra push i think like the background and this this sounds too petty to go after but the background behind the zoom chat was like this weird orange the entire time Mm -hmm. and it just felt like in post they should have made it like they should have tested it and seen like what would have gone over better because like to the um, viewer visually appealing it, was. It, 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 it didn't look that good and then they kept on introducing a ton of characters I get it's the first episode but when you just keep on having one character come in it's like I'm going to show them what my character is about and then disappear off screen and they only keep around two or three of them for the entire time then what's the storyline going to like it's not right, like I'm exactly. expecting any of those independent characters to then pull the show in their right. direction I, yeah and I understand what you're saying you talked about the editing I guess I wanted to touch upon that for a quick second um garo who i think adds the show as well explained that it was a lot harder in some respects making this show but in some ways shooting the television show was easier even being able to finish editing with things like color correcting uh while they were on while they were shooting the episode so he was able to be like four places at once which he explained was really nice because they were just shooting it um at their house uh did they shoot it all at one time or was it like everybody did their scene separately and then they combined the chat uh, I think that it was all done at, like, one time. Like, the people that you saw were actually, like, shooting with other people. So it was sort of live in that respect. Uh, in, in a way, yeah. Um, and Ellie Henry did an interview with TV shows Ace. He's one that plays Rufus again. Um, saying that the footage was filmed at their houses with multiple iPhones. So uh, Henry had a couple iPhones. One was used as a primary camera. And uh, one that was a remote for the camera. And others for backups and props. Even stating that the only person he actually saw, like, in real life with the show was the pa of the show who would pick up the shooting um iphones and uh, yeah, the production kids to keep everything after, safe and yes i, I figure that they would have a lot of me- 
measures in place to make sure everybody didn't catch anything. Um, the only time we ever saw a scene or a um, shot that wasn't straight out of like a camera, mm-hmm. or sorry, out of a camera on a, on a computer that was meant to look like it was coming from a computer right, yeah. was at the very end when they were doing the credits and they kind of showed you these, um, uh, what are they called? Like emotional moments, but like by, by the character themselves. So you oh, got yeah. it from like the side of their face and you saw uh, Annie's character being like bummed that she couldn't ask Ben to right. like, move in with her. And those were probably done with the multiple iPhones that were kind of explained where it was like in different angles. And, but uh, again, like you, you meet like a ton of, in 21 minutes, you meet Pradeep, Ben, yeah, Richie, Ellis, uh, Garrett and Michelle, uh, Annie, uh, and then you talk about Paz, uh, Jasmine, Rufus, as you said. Like, there's just so many names out there that I, I was writing them down so we could talk about it later on, but I wouldn't remember all of them now if I didn't right. know that. And, yeah. and that's the thing. Uh, it's hard to do that with eight episodes because that's what it was for. It was a straight-to-series order for so eight episodes. So why not limit it to an s- even smaller cast? I get that that would be challenging because all the characters would then have to depend on one another. But, like, you didn't need the Doctor character there. Right, yeah. Again, I was kind of not about her specifically. Her acting was fine. It's just the writing for her, like you kind of Making her cry in the background, it just upset me. <laughs> I, I know that okay, they do yeah. They do touch upon some timely subjects later, like George Floyd and kind of stuff like that. So it's, it's going for a little bit of... Um, Carmichael show vibe, I kind of feel like a little bit. Yeah, but when you have a big corporation or a media corporation that's just like shuffling off scripts about serious topics in today's world, like socially tentious issues that you see in the news almost every day, and they and they put drama behind them, it feels like it's like stop making fun of it. It's it's a real thing. This feels like you're trying to get people's sympathy out of it. Like you're trying to like it's a cash cow. And and really, that, and when I saw the, I mean, I guess that the writers probably felt like they were being they respectful to, yeah. towards it, but it, in the end, it comes off fake. Yeah, and I, I can understand that. And when I saw the promos for, it, I thought it was just going to be like a straight out comedy, same, like same. completely. Yeah. Um, but the viewership for the show, the pilot premiered on October eighth, and it's a half hour premiere on Thursdays. It had one point six seven million U.S. viewers, which I don't think is that much. But um, that's still like but, more but than still some of the good. shows we've watched. Yeah. yeah. And uh, a million is for NBC, I guess, small, but for most smaller networks, it's a bit like you could have probably taken shows from other networks, put it on here and it would have been better. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's kind of especially for a show like this. I feel like that does uh, well enough. I guess I wanted to talk about one other person before we go, whose mm-hmm. name was Ellis. I think I brought her before. Shakina Nafak. She's the trans character. Yeah. Yeah. She uh, co-starred and co-wrote and was co-lyricist for the Transparent. Uh, musical finale so i guess i wanted to say that was kind of cool i guess that she was also like a big nba fan and was upset that they weren't going to be coming back anytime soon but that was like the extent of her character at this point i'm sure at this point it was just kind of like we have to explain what every character has a little niche yeah 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 I was I was disappointed overall with this one. Uh, I wish it was better. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what the reviews were saying. But, yeah. Okay. Um, but I also want to mention uh, one quick thing is that this is um, a lot of shows are going kind of remote now, uh, such as Netflix's Social Distance. I believe that's the name of it, um, which is coming from Genji Kohan, who is the creator of Weeds and Oranges and New Black. So a lot of shows are kind of going along with this sort of a COVID time. But Weeds and Oranges and the New Black at least pushed the boundaries with some of their like jokes and plots. Like, like at least they had plots. Right. Yeah. Like this one didn't. It felt very sitcommy, 
but without even sitcom plot. Yeah. Because that, they couldn't do anything. They right. were just sitting in their homes the entire episode. Of course. So, so yeah. Oh, uh, if you had to pick a favorite character, do you have one, or did, were they all just kind of the same? Uh, not based on this 21 minutes. I couldn't pick one. Uh, well, I, Ben, maybe. Ben, ben was pretty cool, I guess. Yeah, I know I know when I was yeah. seeing his America's Got Talent stuff, he was pretty funny there, so. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that'll do it for this episode. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks for listening. That was today's episode. Bye. Bye.